Are you ready to combine your passion for business and your love for God through simple, practical and profitable business practices? Do you want to have an eternal impact on the culture and community around you through your business? Now is the time to partner with God, profit with purpose and build a Kingdom Class company. Welcome to Christ in Business, where we'll explore the stories, strategies, successes and failures of those doing the ministry of Christ in Business. Here's your Kingdom Business Coach, David Robertson. Hey guys, welcome back to Christ in Business. This is David Robertson, your Kingdom Business Coach. Someone the other day asked me, what does it mean to be a Kingdom Business Coach? And I had to say, well, really, it means I pastor business people. It was actually kind of a, an aha moment. Simply, I take the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and I take those gifts and the identity and the discipleship process and I apply it and contextualize it into business. What does it mean to be the body of Christ in business? And that is what I do. And as that started to unfold, I, I really, can I be honest with you or candid with you here, open up a little bit vulnerable and say, I just prayed and I said, Lord, let me be a pastor to business people. Let me be a pastor to people in business and let me send people my direction to that I can help and nudge them closer to you and closer to building a kingdom class company. And everything that we talk about on this podcast here, how to partner with God and profit with a purpose, how to build a go beyond world class and build a kingdom class company. What does that look like? And how does that affect your entire life? Specifically, mostly the people I work with are men. What does that look like? How do you succeed in business and partner with God and build a kingdom class company and succeed at home as a father and as a husband? How do you manage your life in a way that is kingdom class all around, not just in business? But, and I, as I was praying that I just got, there was a, a sense of freedom that I had that I could, there's a lot that I could do. There's a ton of work that I could be doing in my companies. And as I'm praying through some of the changes that are coming up in April and with growth point company and, and some of that, and just a tremendous amount of freedom to be who God has created me to be and let this podcast be what God has asked it to be. And that is simply a platform to tell the stories of what God is doing in business. And that is, I'm so excited just today. Here's an example. Just today, I kind of woke up today, got to my office about 7, 30, 8 o'clock and started praying. I looked at my calendar. I said, Lord, this is my plan for the day and I'm going to do this, this and this. But what do you have for today? And as I was praying that, my phone rings. And I get to talk to someone about the, about something that they're doing in business. And they had a question. They said, we've been praying about this. What do we do here? And and I just got to share my perspective and challenge them a, a few ways. And then hung up the phone and I said, all right, Lord, what, so seriously, Lord, what do you have for me um, today? What work do you have for me? And then my phone rings again from someone else, from a, a different 
area of the country who says, hey, I uh, going through this. I just need to talk through this with someone. And so I, I counseled them on this and gave some advice here and, and talked to them on this. And then I hung up the phone and, uh, and then I sat back down in prayer and I said, Lord, what do you have for me today? And then my phone rings again. And I'm talking to this person over in uh, South Africa and doing this and, and talking about this and talking with Vikas, who we've had on the podcast about what that company is going through. And so we pray about about that. And then I hang up the phone and my phone rings again after I pray. And by that time, I realize, and I felt God saying as I, as I set my phone down that, David, you're doing it. You're doing the business that I have you doing. And, I, and over just in the first three hours of today, I've talked to people from four different countries in four states in the United States, five different continents, all talking about what God is doing in business, all praying for what God is doing in business, releasing God's kingdom in business. And I am, I'm just excited because I get to see and I get to watch what Jesus is doing in business, watch what Christ in business is doing and see what his body is doing and see how he is glorifying, seeing how one of the things that I'm watching is that how the battle is being won on an economic level in business and the spoils of that battle for the kingdom are the hearts and loyalty and worship of men and women. So the battle is being fought on an economic level in business and the spoils of that and Jesus rewards for that battle. The victory in that battle is the hearts of men and women and their loyalty and their commitment to worshiping him and their commitment to living out what it means to be Christ in the world around them, to be Christ at work, to be Christ in business, to be Christ in their families, and to be Christ in their communities. What does that look like? So I get to witness this, and then I get to meet all these amazing people and bring their stories on this podcast. And I am so excited. Uh, Rick Beatenbow, he asked me, um, which is the person I'm going to be interviewing today, he asked me, he said, do you do this every day or... I told him, I said, you know, if I had the network and I had the resources and I had the time to be able to do this every day, absolutely I would. Unfortunately, at this point, I can only do it once a week and I have to be kind of selective about who I bring on the podcast because I want it to be glorifying God. I want it truly to be sharing what the message of what a kingdom company is and what it means to let God have leadership in your company. And that is what we're going to be talking about today in my conversation with Rick Beatenbow and Casey Brewer. Rick is the CEO of Beatenbow Companies and they have it's an entire family of companies, but one of those companies is Beatenbow Homes. They build over a thousand homes a year. They're on the, the list by Builder Magazine for the top home builders um, in the nation, in the country, the United States. They're in five different cities in West Texas. They have over 4,000 trades partners and contractors that work for them, over 200 employees that work for them. And this company was dedicated and committed, started with a commitment to give God glory with their success. So without further ado, here's the story of Christ in Business with Beatenbow Homes. Well, Rick, Casey, welcome to Christ in Business. Thank you, David. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, David. Well, like I was saying a little bit earlier, I wanted to have you guys on the show because, number one, I was introduced to your 
company through actually my mother-in-law who's built several, had several beaten bow houses um, built through you guys and heard some of the testimony and some of the experiences that she's had with just from a, a faith standpoint, integrating your beliefs and your your faith in, in Christ and in Jesus and into the actual process of, of building a house. And I really wanted to, the more I started looking at your guys's company, which is Beaten Bow Homes, I really wanted to kind of share that story with the audience here at Christ in Business and just share some, like I said, it, in each episode, we try to share some spiritual and practical things, but let's just start out by telling a little bit about you, about your company and sharing a little bit about the background. So Rick, go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, Beaten Bow Homes. Thanks, David. Well, we are in our 27th year in business at Beaten Bow Homes, founded in 92 by my father, Ron, and I. Last year, we built about a thousand homes in Lubbock, Midland, Odessa, and Amarillo, Texas, the four cities. I can tell you that that is the favor of the Lord. Hmm. Dad and I had no vision ever of it being that big. 220 or so employees, something approaching 3,000 trade partners and vendors, $200 million in gross sales. The Lord has taken care of us. It's his business. Um, That's not something we understood from the beginning. I really appreciate your, is it your mother or your mother-in-law? It's my mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law. One of my favorite things about what she said was she's had more than one of our homes because I think a very important thing to us is that we are building beautiful homes, great value, and people buy our homes that are faithful, not because we're faithful, but because we have the best product in the marketplace. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's something we say a lot. We want our homes and our communities to be world-class, to be the best built homes and the best value in the marketplace. And that's how God would have it be. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, we want our business to reflect him and his excellence in everything that we do and the way we build them, the way we engage with people through the process, the way we take care of them when they have a problem because our homes are built by men and women. And so they have problems like everybody else's homes. And it's not about whether you have problems, it's about what you do when you have problems. And we want to be the best at that because that's what God would have us do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about on the podcast about what it means to go beyond world-class and build a kingdom class company mm. and have the that's systems good. and processes in place so that you're managing the system and loving people and going, making sure that there's, there's an element that is not just business, but it's also about, um, there, there isn't an aspect of it that has to be kingdom class. It has to, there has to be excellence with it attached to it. But, and then also how you value people and everything. And that's, that's kind of what I love about, love about your story. But tell us a little bit about how the company started and how kind of where, where, where you guys started, how, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Well, my father was in the real estate business for many, many years in Lubbock, built hotels, apartments, shopping centers, lots of real estate development. He used debt as a primary strategy. And in the early eighties, that just didn't work out. Finally came to an end and he lost everything. 
including my mom, his wife of 20 years. And so the Lord allowed him to find his way all the way to the bottom. He lost everything and beyond everything he likes to say. And he ran away from Lubbock. That was in about 1983 or 84. About that time, I was in the software business, selling software, had flunked out of Texas Tech University and got a job in the software business a few earlier, a few years earlier. But I knew early on in my life that I would be in business for myself, some kind of business. I always wanted to be like my dad. I grew up coming to work with dad. Um, I always said, I want to do what he does. I didn't even know exactly what he did. He made deals and talked to people. And I thought that was cool. And I wanted to be in business someday. And so really everything, including selling software was, was just temporary. I knew there'd be a day when I would do something different. And that day came in about 1990. I started a little home building business, built some homes here in Lubbock for an investor, built her 10 homes that got me started. And then it was time to go retail, sell homes to the public. And I had a good platform and a good plan for that. And I was excited. I had a big idea, built lots of homes. And I called my dad who was in California, having had run away from the Lubbock, Texas market. He was out there, hadn't got anything going. I said, dad, why don't you move back to Lubbock, join me. You sell them and I'll build them and we'll, we'll have a great business. And he agreed. He loved that idea. And he came back to Lubbock. And I remember one of the first meetings that he and I had kind of getting organized. We hadn't really known each other as with me as an adult, you know, he left when I was 19 and I was still a dumb kid having flunked out of tech. And so we didn't really have an adult relationship. If you know what I mean, we talked on the phone, but Really, he and I sitting down talking about this business as two adults, two partners. I had a big idea for these homes, but he had a new idea, too. He grew up in the church. He would say that when the doors of the church were open in Tatum, New Mexico, he and his mom were there. He was an only child. His mom took him to church all the time. He spent a lot of time in church and knew nothing about God. Hmm. And he raised me that way. I grew up in church, going to church every Sunday, not knowing anything about God, no real relationship with God. We just simply went to church because that's what we did. And so that's the, that's the dad I knew. And when he came back out of California, he joined a spirit-filled church, and the Lord was really engaged with him. And he had a, a different point of view, and he proposed to me that he was excited about our this new business idea that I had that we were going to do together. But he said, I didn't get it right the first time. I didn't honor God. And if we if we have success, could we honor God? That's the question he asked me. Hmm. And I remember thinking about that. I said, well, what do you mean exactly? Because I don't know what I mean exactly. It might mean we give some money away, <laughs> uh, but we, I want to honor God. I want to make God an important part of it. And what do you think about that? And I remember thinking about it. And I kind of said to myself, I don't know what that means exactly, but maybe we could use all the help we could get. And so why not? (laughs) Yeah. And so I said, yes. Um, And so we agreed without knowing what we were actually agreeing to. But we started this home money business. I remember in that time, he and I smiled at each other thinking, I remember at one point we said out loud, you know, I bet we could build 50 homes a year. We thought that was a bunch. We thought that was a big number. And today we look at each other looking back and say, 
thank you, Lord, for giving us your vision, mm. which is much bigger than our vision. Yeah. Um, and we just started on that journey together. And that, that was in 1992 that we started together uh, with that commitment. I love that. Love that picture of going into it and kind of not knowing exactly what it means. But yes, Lord, I, I'll give it to you. Um, and I, I want you to be glorified. I want you to be honored. And him taking it and just proving himself that that uh, he can do far more than what we can ask, what we can think or imagine. And just as long as as long as we're willing and to give him the glory, give, give him the credit. I like to think that he met us really right where we were. Mm. He was inviting us to say yes and start on a journey with him. And he was willing to meet us right where we were and he would meet anybody making a commitment to him right where they are. He's not going to leave you there. The kingdom is like a river. The view mm-hmm. constantly changing and your understanding of his kingdom always moving forward and growing mm-hmm. because we sure don't think about it today like we did then. I'll tell you on that day, <clears throat> on that first day, we didn't think of the business as his business. Hmm. No, this was, this was very distinctly our business. Yeah. And we were asking him to bless or would, could we honor him if, if it was successful? We just had no understanding or thinking that it was his business, which I think is, if we fast forward to today, we know that, that this business belongs to him. This is his ministry in the marketplace, his business. And we go where he asks us to go. It's not that we go where we want to go and say, Lord, would you bless that? Or would you yeah. make a way? But instead, Lord, where do you want to go? Lead us there, yeah. show us the way. So that's a, so the rest is all the stuff in, the, in between those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us when was the, when was the time where you, the first decision that you made that was, that was like, all right, we made this commitment and now we're doing business and, and things start, you start selling and, and things start happening right away. So what was the first point or the first decision where you ran up against this commitment to honor God with the business? What, do you remember what that decision was? I think so. Maybe, maybe I might say it this way. We just, we just started on that day. We, we made that commitment. Mm-hmm. And um, Holly and I, my wife, who wasn't a part of the business at that, on that day, except that she, you know, slept with me and had a lot of influence over me. Right. And yeah. <laughs> was a, kind of a riding along in the car with us in this business. Mm-hmm. And so dad and I started and God started, really did start blessing us. I don't know that I thought of it that way at the time. But we were having success. And finally, at Thanksgiving, a couple of years in, Dad said, okay, let's start doing something with this now. We, we made a commitment to honor God. And really what he had on his mind was let's start giving some money to God. Um, hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe this is an imperfect understanding. But again, God met us right where we were in that moment. And he was excited, I think, God was, for us to, to be talking about him at least. Right. Yeah. And we, he was excited for us to, to think about this. And so we started talking about how we could give money to evangelical ministries around the country, maybe even around the world, certainly in our na- in our city. And we started hunting for those and inviting those people. And I'll tell you, if you, if you put on your website that you want to give money to evangelical ministries, guess what will happen? 
<laughs> Opportunities come. <laughs> they will come. And it was a it was a beautiful and amazing thing for us to engage. And we ended up over the next 10 years engaging with some 1,400 evangelical ministries around the world, mm. many of whom are still very close friends. And we we gave away a lot of money. God certainly told us to do it on some days. We did it out of, for the wrong reasons, out of duty or friendship to those ministries and just about everything in between. And there was a, there was a moment in about 2008 when we realized that we were, we had kind of built a pattern, a recipe for giving money to ministries. And we were beginning to understand that God was inviting us to be a ministry, not just give to ministries. We were in the middle of that. And we stopped giving for a year to ministries outside. And some of those ministries had panicked and said, man, we can't function without you, which was a clear indicator that things had gotten out of hand. They thought of us as their provider, not God. There were other ministries who said, you know what? Thank you for the years of partnership, but this ministry belongs to God and he'll, for, he'll provide for us in some other way. We're not worried or nervous. And that taught us a lot. Mm. God was also speaking to us about our business being his ministry. And there were two parts of that one giving him control and going where he said, number one. And number two, understanding that the people that came near our business, working in it and around it, customers, that they were to be his ministry. That mm. if they didn't have him revealed to them in our contact, then this thing was not working the way it was supposed to be. This just wasn't about money which I think this is a good moment to stop that and talk about this real briefly. Um, I think a lot of times in the marketplace, Christians believe that their business is separate from God, that it is something that we use to create money so that we can give to ministries, our church or to other ministries. And the question that we asked ourselves is, does God need our money? Yeah. Is that a primary ministry? And wow, I just, the answer that we heard from the Lord there was a clear no. Um, In fact, as I said earlier, he invited us to stop giving Mm -hmm. and to start talking to him. Um, I think as Christians in business, we need to understand that we're not building our business. We're building his kingdom. And that our business is part of that kingdom, an equal part of that kingdom as a church outside in the marketplace. Um, Yeah. That the kingdom is bigger than any church or any business. It is his daily presence leading his people, right? That we could live with God every day talking to him. And he might ask us to give some of his money somewhere. But he also might invite us to invest in our in, in his ministry called our business. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't look the way we might have thought it did. And and I think from about 2004 to 2008, the Lord just did amazing things, showed us how to really love each other and cast off religious strategies or practices and let his love lead, genuinely care about the people. And that that revealed God to those people. Mm. We are saying loudly and clearly, 
that love must rule in his kingdom. It's the, it's the currency of the kingdom. It is, uh, yeah. Jesus was asked to sum it up and to give us the bottom line. He did. And he said, love God and love people and to love people authentically and genuinely, not for what they can do for you in your business Mm -hmm. changes everything changes. In fact, changes your business to his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we'll get into what, what does a kingdom business look like? But, you know, I, here recently, I've t- been talking to a few people that I've known they were Christians, known they that they grew up in church, and and I'm starting to realize that the the language that I that I thought was normal kingdom is not necessarily a normal language to use. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom or understanding the kingdom of God, um, even though Jesus taught so much about the kingdom in his ministry. So let's let's kind of back up a little bit and and before we go into what a kingdom business is, let's kind of spend a few minutes talking what you understand the kingdom of God being. What What is the kingdom? Wow, that's a big question. I, a funny thing, like Jesus probably a hundred times used the word kingdom. Mm. And, and, he, and he stopped short of, of saying it's this and this. He just, he, he often said, it's like this. Yeah. An interesting thing about the kingdom is it's, it's a mystery that's going to take a lifetime for us to unravel. What a blessing. We won't yeah. get bored. It's, <laughs> it'll, it'll take a lifetime for us to understand it. But the first thing we need to do probably is sense that it's there. And mm-hmm. it's more than this, this, the gospel of salvation, which I think is probably more commonly what we are accustomed to. That is that you're saved and whatever that means exactly. And now mm-hmm. you're here. This is not our home, we say. And now what do we do? It's almost something that is hard to connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said the kingdom is near. Repent, the kingdom is near. Re- that word repent is actually the Greek word metaneo in the New Testament, which actually means literally to think differently. So Jesus said, I want you to think differently. The kingdom is near. It's now. Yeah. Now and in the future, but it's now. What we need to be thinking about is the kingdom is God's presence in our lives now. At home, at work, anywhere we go, everywhere we go, anything we do, everything that we do, God wants to be present. He wants to lead us life with him under his stewardship, submitted to him. Yeah. Is one way to think about the kingdom, right? The king, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way I think about it. It's bigger than... A church is bigger than a business, bigger than a family is bigger than a person. Mm-hmm. When I'm kingdom focused, I want to, I'm going to put God's priorities above my own. Yeah. Let's say it like this. If, if could I, am I building my business and hoping God will bless it? See, that's not kingdom minded. That's not kingdom thing. Or even this, I'm, we're building a church. Yeah. God wants us to build his kingdom. And then his churches or his fellowships will rise with that kingdom as our businesses will. Um, yeah. It's bigger than our own enterprise. That's that's what I would say. Yeah. What do you think, Casey? What do you think the kingdom is? Well, like so many people listening probably share the same or similar testimony that 
I had read the Bible all my life, been saved since an early age, and saw and read the word kingdom countless, countless times, never knowing that it was applicable today for the here and now, not just the, you know, then and there some someday down the road. And if we live today as though the kingdom is not here and now, then we, we really don't have much of a purpose today, here and now. Um, yeah. We don't have to understand it for it to be true. I don't have to fully understand gravity, you know, jump off a building and see what it does to me. I, I'll believe in it then. Mm-hmm. I don't understand all the science and I don't understand all the mysteries of the kingdom, which is exactly how the apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest teacher of the kingdom besides Jesus himself. It's exactly how he described it numerous times. Yeah. It is a mystery. And we've been given this, he says in, I think it's Second Corinthians, it was First Corinthians 4, that, that we are to be stewards of this mystery. And yeah. how do, so how, how do we steward something that we don't fully believe or that we don't fully understand? Mm-hmm. Well, it must yeah. then, this, this solution can only be, whether it be in our private times with the Lord or leading a company, the solution must be we steward it by the revelation of God's spirit. We have to spend time with him. We have to hear from him. Yeah. That's how the kingdom understanding comes in pieces is through his divine revelation. And yeah, we can't manufacture that. We can't program that. And so that's, yeah. that's the truth, whether we're in vocational ministry in a church, a mission field, or full-time in the marketplace as ministers of God there, it has to be by the revelation that we understand his kingdom. One of the things yeah. I, I like to think of it like this. Jesus came and he did not rebel against the Roman Empire. Of course, in some ways, it was what created dysfunction between him and the rest of Israel, right? They wanted him to rebel against the Roman Empire and strike it down. And he just didn't rebel against that authority. In Romans, it says all authority is established by God. And that included the Roman Empire. That authority was there for whatever reason, a mystery you know, why that was the way it was, but he didn't rebel against it. They said he he paid the tax. He even died at their hands. Ultimately, what he did rebel against, interestingly, was religion and against religious practice and the religious elite of that time. He rebelled against that. Yeah. Uh, He said relationship with the father and relationship with the people around you is the kingdom. That's what he said. Religion, religious practice, is not the pathway to God or his kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Specifically, he said, if you're on your way to the temple with a sacrifice and you recognize that you have a problem with a brother, set that sacrifice down. Just set it down in the dirt, wherever you are, wherever it is, and go find your brother and reconcile. Yeah, yeah. God wants a relationship with us. He's not satisfied with me sitting in a church. He's not satisfied with me going to church. That is not the manifestation of the kingdom manifestation of the kingdom is my genuine, authentic daily relationship with God and its mm-hmm. expression with the people around me. Yeah. I like to think of it this way, David, that it's the kingdom is the best way I can describe it as, as the Lord has revealed it to me is it's his rule and his reign interacting in relationship with his people to produce something to produce a tangible result is love for his people. Yeah. If it's not about love, then it's not about the kingdom. 
if it's not in relationship, then it's also not fully going to be about the kingdom because that's the vehicle that he chooses to use to demonstrate and to reveal it to his people. Yeah. Yeah. I look at, I, often when I'm talking to someone about this, I'm, I say it, it starts with the, I think it's in, I don't know the exact chapter, but it's in Ephesians where he says that we've, we've been adopted into the household, the royal household of God. That's right. And it, starting, starting with that adoption, it's like there are, in Ephesians 1, what chapter or verse 3, it says that God blessed us in Christ with the, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's like there's a, a new birthright, so to speak, that comes with that, that, where there are gifts and there are things. And it's not, not necessarily about the gifts, but it's about the fact that we, we have a father in heaven. We have a, uh, who is a king. He sits on a throne. He has authority. And being in relationship with him as representatives of his kingdom, um, of his heart um, to the rest of the world, because his heart ultimately is that that no one no one perish, no one goes without no one goes um, without understanding his love and the opportunity to be adopted into his family. And then then from there it goes on to from that personal place, that secret place of of knowing and understanding our Father. It goes on to a very practical application of what that means to walk, walk it out. In fact, just last week I was reading, I did a, an episode about, it was probably probably a little bit more focused on the, the, the business coaching side of what I do, but did an episode on our commitment to truth and our commitment to the facts of what's going on in our business and, and, and knowing, knowing our business, knowing the numbers, knowing the, the, the financial statements and stuff like that, because you can't manage anything that you don't know and don't understand. And then I think it was two days later, after I had recorded and sent off that podcast, the Lord said, I want you to dig into, he brought up the, the parable or the, the story of Jesus at the, at the well, where he says that um, he's talking to the lady at the well and talking about, saying that God is looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. And I'd always assumed and maybe even been taught in, in my past that that was about worshiping in spirit, being spirit-filled, spirit-led, and then worshiping in the truth of the scripture. And worshiping in, um, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, it's, it's a, that means you're worshiping in spirit and scripture and, and using that. But he challenged me to dig deeper into that and start looking at those words, spirit and truth. And spirit does truly mean worshiping in spirit as in the, in the Holy Spirit and something spiritual. It says God is spirit. And it says, but those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And that word truth is, I think it's aletheia is the Greek word on it. If I remember that right, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong though. But <laughs> that word is is reality. And... Mm it's not not necessarily revelation or truth as in a spiritual truth or a spiritual law but it's worshiping him in spirit and we're in, in the the spirit of god and then also worshiping him in reality with the reality of our life and if you um think about that story he's talking to the woman at the well and i thought i've always thought that this is a weird kind of this doesn't seem to match the conversation that he's having with the woman but what he's saying is it's it's not about where you worship this mountain or this temple. It's not about that at all. It's about worshiping God in spirit, the relationship that we have, and then worshiping him with the reality of our life and worshiping him in, in action. And that fits completely a hundred percent on topic with what, what the lady, what he's talking about. The lady is saying, it's not like he says, 
he addresses an issue in her life and and she immediately says, well, where, where do you worship and where do you, where do you go to church or what is right? And, um, and he says, it's not about that. It's about what, spirit and truth. And it was so important to him that when he changed the, to- changed the subject or she changed the subject and said, well, Christ is going to come uh, and tell us all this stuff later. And it was so important that he, he broke his normal pattern of not revealing himself directly to the person. And he said, He's, he said, he said, no, I am this person. I am the Messiah. And this is this as if to say, this is important. This is not about the religious mountain that you worship on. This is not about the church that you go to or the building that you attend or the people that you agree with. It's about worshiping the father in spirit because he is spirit. He is supernatural. He has, he is a person. He has a personality. So worshiping in spirit. And then also worshiping in the reality of your life, um, and so that's kind of a new understanding that I have as of as of a week ago. But it it fits completely and kind of leads into what does it mean? And I'll pose this question to either of you: what What does it mean to be a kingdom business? If the kingdom is a relationship that we have with God, and that starts as a foundation, and then it kind of boils up into the um, the, our actions and our life and our walking out our faith and walking out our worship. Um, what, what does it mean to be a kingdom business versus just a Christian in business or just a, I like to say, a, a, it's either a, a Christian business owner or a business owning Christian. What does kingdom business mean to you guys? <clears throat> well, let's, let's say, let's, let's propose the foundation is this. Yeah. It is a business that belongs to the kingdom. That means the leader that has been established by God as the chief steward of this business is fully submitted to God. And how can I, as spiritual leader established by God over this business, how could I lead his business if I don't spend time with him, hearing from him, obeying him, and I think that's the difference. See, I can, I can be a Christian, love the Lord, but, I, but the business that I'm running doesn't reflect that. Is that because he doesn't want it to or because I haven't talked to him about it and I'm not talking to him about it regularly as we go? Mm. Um, see, we think, I think sometimes that we're going to have some recipes, some things that we do and then we don't need to talk to the Lord. We just we just make cookies from that recipe, right? We I think we do that in our business. If it's but God is going to invite us to ask him and talk to him about every decision. And mm-hmm. he's going to lead that and he is going to have his way. He's going to be revealed in my relationships, in the way that I love people and deal with people and that his kingdom is going to come in the middle of that business. Not with, not a religious thing, not because I'm going to have a plan that, okay, I'm going to start every, I'm going to open every meeting and every meal with a prayer. (laughs) Now that, that can become religious, right? Yeah. Now God wants us to talk to him authentically and genuinely about everything all the time, but we just have to be doing that in everything and all of a sudden his kingdom just comes and takes over 
that business. Now, I would say that a couple of things we know, kingdom business is going to be about his people. It's going to be less about tasks. It's, it's not that profit is not important. It can't be the highest priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like to say a lot, a friend of ours used this analogy once and it's beautiful. He said, so we need to breathe to live, right? If you stop breathing, you won't, you'll stop living. Does that mean that we exist to breathe? So a business needs profit. Without profit, mm-hmm. that business will go away, right? Yeah. So does that mean that business exists to make a profit? No. So we believe a kingdom business first could be defined very practically as where the leaders had determined a different why. Why does this business exist? Our beaten bow company's purpose is to reveal God and his kingdom through our work in the marketplace. That's why we exist. That's our purpose that our leadership has established as the purpose. Now, a couple of things. That's not what we do. We build homes. We have a natural farm. We have a venue. That's what we do. Why we do it is different than what we do. Why we have it is why we do those things. They are excuses for God to be revealed in those encounters, right? We have a home building business and it's, and it, the what is to build homes and communities. The why is so that God will be revealed in those transactions, Mm. right? If we have, develop really good processes in our home building so that we can, as people, spend our time less focused on stuff and more focused on the people, then God is going to be revealed in that. And so for us, it's that purpose is not for everyone who comes to work here. That's probably what someone is thinking. That purpose is known, but out of 200 people, many, many, many of those people are not Christians, and they would go, huh? To that one. But our mission, build, serve, impact, which is our what, is something we ask them to engage with. And our purpose is something they need to be aware of, but they don't have to believe that. Yeah. Join us, and I hope that people will feel our why before they have to know what it is. Yeah. If they feel welcome and if they feel that they are authentically cared about and cared for, trained well, raised up, led well, loved well, then they feel our why. Mm-hmm. And that's what God would have us do. And then as leaders, we give him the glory for that. They know that we 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 do those things because he has asked us to do those things because this is his deal. And yeah. it can't be his deal unless we do what he tells us to do. And he says to love his people authentically and genuinely. And boy, does the marketplace need that, doesn't it? Every place needs that. He's a place where people can come and be and fit in and be loved well. And now accountability is part of that. So this is not me saying that we, that we aren't accountable. We're going to, a big part of love is accountability. We're going to invite people to, to come and do their job well and give their best. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to leverage them for an outcome. We want to genuinely authentically love them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and one thing I will say just, just from the press I'm going through and um, we're, we're having our home built. We just went through the, the first VIP tour a few, few weeks ago. 
And we've gone through this process, not all the way through, but we've gone through the process of um, getting up to the point where what you guys would say would be the VIP tour a few times with a couple other builders back in, in Ohio where I'm from. And the, I will say that I have not going through that VIP tour process and, and the, the system that you guys have and the way you, that you guys do it as a coach, I was taking notes on how, because I, I felt, felt very listened to and very um, cared for, like, like the all attention was on what my wife and I wanted from that house. And, and it was quite an experience that I've not experienced with any other home builder before. And, and it was like, clear, clearly, um, clearly, this is a company that, that values people above transactions. And um, just the process itself was, was actually, I mean, the, the VIP is a, a very good, good way to put it. And it's not just, um, so anyway, I just want to say that from an outside observing in that it's clear that people are the number one priority, um, that your customers are the number one priority. And I can only imagine that that doesn't happen by accident. That happens when the people working for you also feel like they're the priority and they're, and that they're loved and they're cared for and they're heard. And so thank you. Thank you for that, David. I appreciate that encouragement. Yep. So, so Rick, when we talked kind of leading the, the very first time we talked, we were, you invited me to come to an event and a workshop that you have called Kingdom at Work. And that's coming up in April and you have a couple more, maybe another one, I believe in 2019. But tell me a little bit about how Kingdom at Work kind of was birthed out of, out of the journey that God's been taking you on. Well, Kingdom at Work is not a company. It's not an enterprise. We think of it as a movement of God out of our experience walking alongside God all these years, the things that he's shown us a daily bread style with the Lord where we don't take anything, any decision for granted. We might know what God, we think God would want, but it's, it becomes religion in a hurry mm-hmm. to just do what we think God would want rather than to actually ask God what he would want. Um, and I think that's a big shift for all of us. And so we have experienced an amazing family atmosphere. God's kingdom is a family. And inviting the people who work here, work for us in a tra- as trade partners, independent contractors, customers, and the community at large even, is what, what God has done in those relationships is just amazing. Hmm. And he's shown us a few things. The, the primary thing is, Trust him, rely on him. And so out of that, we have founded this kingdom at work, which is really just our desire to share with other people our experience and some of the things God has taught us. We are um, doing that through our website, facilitating this conversation and through some workshops. And I invite Casey to talk a little bit about the workshops that we are having here, who should come and what we do that we've invited you to. Yeah. So they are called kingdom leadership workshops. That's the center point of discussion is what does real leadership look like in God's kingdom? How would God want us and lead us to lead other people, regardless of the type or size of organization that you may be a part of. These are specifically geared towards the, 
the owners, senior leaders, and leadership teams of those organizations, those people who have the authority and the ability to make those potentially direction-altering decisions as a company or as an organization, those who determine whether we go left or whether we go right, or whether we keep going straight, or whether we stop for a moment. Mm -hmm. We have trained table coaches, uh, primarily from our company's group of, of experienced leaders who are living or trying at least to live out some of these principles every day in their own personal lives and leadership of other employees. Uh, those are assigned as, as uh, specific coaches throughout the three-day event. It starts on a Tuesday afternoon and goes through Thursday at noon. So it's parts of three days, but really it's, it's about two full days of content together. But we spread that out over parts of three days. And it's a time for these leaders together, sitting around a table with a coach to listen to some teaching. But really what it's designed for is to put some of these inspirational teachings and thoughts into practice, into how can you as a team together be unified in, in your approach once you leave the workshop. This is not a conference. We don't, it's, it's specifically not called a conference because it's not a bunch of talking heads on stage. Mm. There, are a, there are a few keynotes. There are some breakout sessions. There's a lot of time around a table discussing these topics as a team, strategizing and praying together about how their, the business or organization that they lead can more effectively be a kingdom organization. And again, that comes by the team unifying together or around their company purpose or why. Um, talking about some core values about what guides their business day to day and how to practically love their people well, every one of them, whether it's two or three people in a company or whether it's two or 300 or two or 3,000, how can every person in the organization both feel and experience the fact that they are more than just a number on a spreadsheet. Mm. And so we want to try and cover all those bases in the parts of three days together with, with your leadership teams. Mm. And we do have one in April, April 30th through May 2nd. And then again, in the middle of October, the 15th, 16th and 17th of this year. Awesome. So, for those of you listening, I will be at the April 30th one, which this, this podcast it will be live on April 4th. And if you're interested in, if you're anywhere near the Lubbock, Texas, give you an idea where that is. It's about, it's, a, is it a little bit Northwest or a little bit West of Dallas, right? It's one stop from just about anywhere in America by airplane. Yes, you come, yes. You can come to Lubbock through Dallas or Houston or, or, Denver, or Denver or Phoenix or Phoenix directly from, you know, through that one hub from just mm -hmm. about anywhere in the country. So yeah. you can fly Chicago to Houston to Lubbock. You can fly from Las Vegas direct. You can fly. So it's pretty easy to get here. We've got people, yeah. David, coming from Oklahoma from Virginia, from Michigan, Kansas, Louisiana. So people really coming from all, all over the country uh, joining us for the workshop. So yeah. it's, it's not just for local people. It's for folks who are interested and are willing to push the pause button for a couple of days on their day-to-day yeah. -day 
whirlwind and come yep. come get away, catch your breath and take a deep dive on what it means to to serve God fully in the marketplace. On awesome. the kingdomatwork.com website, they can go read a little bit more about the workshop and see some testimonies from some other leaders that have been here. I think if I were to characterize this in summary, uh, the, the, the most powerful thing is senior leaders gather up your leadership team, which might be one other person or 10 other people and come spend three days, which is a biblical time frame. God works through us as we hear and talk and think and then sleep and process. We, I just see amazing things that God begins to speak into people over a couple of days. But you and your leadership team come, get away from the whirlwind, come spend a little time together. Here's some a, a, a wider view of the kingdom and how you could bring the kingdom into your business. You'll also rub shoulders with other leaders trying to do the same thing from all over the world. We'll have a dozen states and a couple of countries represented. We typically do. So there, it's an amazing dynamic to have all these people from other places talking about this together. Yeah. We also have some great food. <laughs> yes, and, we do. And don't we need that, right? And so it's a, yeah. it's a powerful time. We're really proposing this. If you're a leader, we want God wants to invite you to be his spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. Move from being the leader of your organization to the spiritual leader of your organization. And he yeah. wants he wants to invite you and your team to establish a kingdom purpose, a kingdom why for mm-hmm. your business so that it might become God's ministry in the marketplace. Yeah. And that's what, for those listening, that's what the, this is all about. I wanted to have them on just because I've, I've heard about the event. I've heard, seen the, some of the testimonies and you've heard me over and over on the podcast talk about what it means to partner with God, take time out of your day to partner with him in your business. So he's, he's at the center of the decisions you make, what it means to take that, those instructions that you get in secret and then go forth and profit with a purpose and then ultimately building a kingdom class company. And you've heard me talk about those three things over and over and over again. And if you've ever found yourself wondering, that sounds great, but exactly how do I walk that out? Or that sounds good, but is, is, there, is there a process for me to go to to learn how to do that a little bit better? That's what I think this event is. I'm going to be experiencing it for the first time. And I want to invite you guys to experience it as well. So if you are interested in the in either the April 30th or the one later this year, take a look at, or if you're just interested in learning more about what Rick and Casey and this whole, the whole Beatonbow family of companies is, is doing and how they're bringing Kingdom at Work, then definitely go visit the kingdomatwork.com website and just read about it. See some of the testimonies, watch some of the videos that they have on there, uh, some of the stories and testimonies, and, and hopefully we'll... We'll see you there at the event and or at least hopefully you'll find the content there to help push you towards that direction, what it means to partner with God, what it means to profit with purpose. And then, like I said, building a kingdom class company, going beyond what the world sets as a standard and building a kingdom class, letting God set the standard for you. So if that's something that you're interested in, like I said, go to kingdomatwork.com, read about that event, and hopefully we'll see you there. There you have it, guys. Rick Beatonbow 
and Casey Brewer with Kingdom at Work and Beat and Bow Companies. There's so much gold in this in this conversation that we had, just listening back through it and some of the things that I took away from it. The first thing, right off the bat, he talked about that God met them where they were. And I wanted to encourage you, God will meet you where you are. That That's huge right now, is that if you're at the point where you're just willing to say, God, I want to honor you with the company, but I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that looks like. God will meet you there. God will meet you there and he will give you wisdom. He will give you opportunity and he will give you his spirit and his guidance on what that means to glorify God with your company or even, and like he said, we, we met us where, where this was our company and we gave finances to it. And then he led them to, this is not even our company anymore. God, this is your company. So that was one of the takeaways here. Also, the business belongs to the kingdom is what he said. And what is a kingdom business? It's a business that belongs to the kingdom, which means it has a leader at the top who's dedicated to listening and hearing from God and doing God's will. I, I always say it. It's a leader who's dedicated to praying and declaring with their life, hallowed be your name in the, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A kingdom company is someone who is, is a company or an entity or a nation or a government or anything. A, and a group of people who at the top has a leader committed to bringing God's kingdom and doing his will on earth as it is in heaven. All right. It doesn't mean you hire all Christians. It doesn't mean you pack yourself into a little bubble of Christianity, but it means that you do business and you're dedicated to not just doing business well, but doing God's business well and doing it to a point where you're obeying him above just a standard best practice. And that's what we mean by going beyond world-class and building a kingdom-class companies, because ultimately God, his spirit and his leadership is the one who sets the standard for what our companies ought to be doing and what the way we ought to be running our businesses. So guys, I would encourage you, again, I can't encourage you enough just because I've, I've had a couple conversations with Rick and I've seen how his process is unfolding. I've seen the quality of the homes that they build and I've seen just so many different aspects even though I haven't experienced this workshop, this this kingdom leadership workshop, I have not experienced that yet until April 30th, which is just a few weeks away if you're listening to this on Thursday, April 4th, 2019. But I want to encourage you to go take a look at the website, Kingdom at Work, and look at some of the testimonies, look at some of the videos, the stories that they tell, and consider taking you and your team. That might be you and your spouse. It might be you and, a, and your senior manager. It might be your entire leadership team. Come out to Lubbock, Texas. You can get there, like you said, from one flight away, one, one stop any, from anywhere in the country. Come out here and just sit and, and what it sounds like is that this is a perfect opportunity for you to take away and say, all right, Lord, we were partnering with you as a leadership team. What is our why? What is it, What does this look like to partner with God, to profit with purpose, to build a kingdom class company? What does this look like in our own company? How do we practically walk that out? And you can do that over 
two days or, or three days in this workshop. So anyway, go to kingdomatwork.com. Take a look at that. Definitely just take a look at some of the testimonies and videos and stories, but um, consider coming to this workshop. Consider meeting me in Lubbock, Texas and going through this workshop together. So that would be amazing to see any of you there. If not, they have other dates later this year. They have one more in October as well. Um, anyway, definitely check it out. Until next time, guys, I have a big announcement on the 11th coming out, which is will be episode 26. And this has been truly in the works now for quite some time. And I can't wait to share a little bit about what, what's going on, a little bit about what I'm doing and how the direction this podcast is taking. You've already seen some of the fruits of it. Anyway, I can't wait to talk to you guys, share this with you. However, I want to challenge you between now and next week to sit down, to spend some time with God talking about Go to him and ask him what would be the first step if he brought success to your company as he's bringing more success to your company. What and what can you do to glorify God in the process? And he will meet you there and start walking you down the process of what it means to partner with God, profit with a purpose, and build a kingdom class company. God bless you guys. Go be Christ in business. As this show is new, any and all support is greatly appreciated. If you haven't done so already, first, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Second, if you like the show, write a five-star rating and review. And finally, share the podcast with anybody you know that has a passion for business and a love for God, and invite them along with you to build a kingdom-class company.